Welcome to Living With, a podcast by Health Union that explores what it's like to live with a chronic health condition. Health Union integrates the power of human connection and technology, uniting people in the shared experiences of life with chronic health conditions. I'm Emily Downward. I recently called up Alicia Bridges, one of Health Union's contributors to plaquepsoriasis.com and psoriaticarthritis.com. Alicia has lived with psoriatic disease since childhood, and she shared what she's learned that can help others. While Alicia's experience has been with psoriatic disease, I believe the lessons she's learned can help anyone who may be struggling with issues of self-esteem or confidence. And how did your experience with plaque psoriasis begin? So I was seven years old and I had chicken pox, which was very common before the 90s, before they came out with the vaccine. So as a child, you kind of just got chicken pox and you got over it and you moved on with your life. Well, for me, it wasn't that simple. Um, I got chicken pox. And then after the chicken pox went away, my grandmother noticed that my skin looked a lot different and it wasn't really healing correctly. I had these plaques and spots of um, flaky, inflamed skin. So she took me to a dermatologist. They surveyed my skin and determined that I had plaque psoriasis. And at that point in my life, I was about 90% covered. Oh, my goodness. Is it, is it painful and, or itchy? Having psoriasis can be very painful physically and emotionally. And so physically, it's itchy depending on the weather and how dry your skin is. Your skin can crack. Uh, it can be inflamed. And then if you scratch, it just makes the symptoms worse. Uh, you can bleed. It's just really uncomfortable, and it kind of feels like your body is always under attack almost. Like, it's always an uncomfortable feeling. Mm. And I, I had chicken pox as a child, too. I, I was before the vaccines that you're mentioning as well. And it, for me, like, like you said, you know, I had the chicken pox, and then it went away. So there's yeah. definitely something else going on in the body in people that have psoriasis. Yes, definitely. Um, so psoriasis is due to an overreactive immune system. So for whatever reason, your immune system feels as though it is under attack. And so it creates cells that are not needed. And so you end up building this skin, layers of skin that you don't need. Um, the skin cells die but they die on top of your good skin. Um, typically, that process of your skin regenerating happens in about 28 days. But because um, I have psoriasis and my body feels that something is wrong, it's doing this process in a matter of three days. And so my body doesn't have enough time to flake off the dead skin. Like my body can't keep up. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it builds on top of my skin. And that's why you see... Um, the flaky inflamed patches. And so it is believed that maybe my chicken pox, for whatever reason, was the thing that triggered my immune system to kind of go out of whack. Um, 
oftentimes in children with psoriasis, you will see that they have had strep throat. And that is very common in triggering psoriasis in adolescents. But um, I don't think I've ever had strep throat. So it definitely was the chicken pox that did it for me. And what was it like to have, have this as a teenager? So having psoriasis as a teenager was extremely hard. It definitely played a role in my self-esteem. It played a role in um, what I was willing to participate in, um, my social activities. I really went through a battle that no one knew about because I didn't really talk about it. Um, psoriasis really affected me tremendously mentally and emotionally. Mm. And I just remember growing up, uh, the awkward moments when people would ask me about my psoriasis and I would lie about it or, you know, people coming up to me saying, Hey, you should play sports or you should model and me lying and giving excuses that weren't really true. Um, instead of admitting that I was dealing with a visible skin condition. I didn't want to wear the uniforms required um, from sports. I didn't want the hassle of trying to explain to people what was on my skin in a model shoot or making someone make me feel less than um, because of my skin imperfections. So, so having psoriasis as a teenager was really, really heavy on me. I did the best that I possibly could to cope, but it definitely had an effect on who I was as a person. Yeah, it, I think being a teenager is hard in in any circumstance, but then when you're dealing yes. with extra things like this, it's just unbelievable. Exactly. You, you've shared on plaquepsoriasis.com that you now mentor a young woman with psoriasis who's 13 and that you volunteered at camps for kids with skin conditions. Yes. What advice would you give teens who are dealing with a chronic condition like psoriasis? Well, I would definitely say get with the National Psoriasis Foundation. They have a program called Our Spot, and it's designed for kids and teenagers living with psoriasis, and it allows you to connect with others um, the same age who have the disease. Um, my next advice would be find uh, psoriasis-related activities locally, whether that's a walk or a cycling event. Um, getting with a support group and others who are living with disease is imperative in your quality of life, even if you don't necessarily find uh, an effective treatment right away. Um, because when you're involved with others, and you don't feel alone, it really increases your self-esteem and your mental and emotional health. And then lastly, I would suggest if there is a kid who is under the age of 16 to check out Camp Discovery, and that is sponsored by the American Academy of Dermatology, and they have eight camps um, in the summertime across the United States. Um, that service kids with skin conditions, and it's absolutely free. So you literally, all you have to do is get online with a parent and fill out the application, and they will either, uh, the organization will either pay for a plane ticket for you to come to camp, or if it's close enough, your parents can drive you. Um, but it is excellent, 
And I've been volunteering with the camp for about four or five years now. And just to hear the kids talk about how camp sets their school year. You know, it's like they go to this camp and they're ready for the school year because they've met other kids who are like them and they have the power to know that I am not alone. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's really, really important for youth who are dealing with visible skin conditions. It's very important uh, for parents with kids living with skin conditions to get them involved with as much as possible um, with their young involved in their condition. So whether that's support groups or whether that's the camp that I mentioned or just simply asking uh, their dermatologist, hey, do you have any other kids that are living with this condition? And if so, can my child connect with them? And I believe um, setting up that pathway when they're young will help them greatly when they become adults. I understand that you have an interest in fashion. Yes. And, and you've given fashion tips on plaxoriasis.com. Can you yes. share some of those with our listeners? Yes. Um, so before I give the fashion tip, this is not encouraging people to hide by any means. But for those of us who may not be as comfortable um, showing our disease to strangers, these are the tips that have helped me. So one is when I'm flared on my legs, I like to wear net stockings or stockings that have like a net print because the net print is busy. So it kind of almost makes the spots disappear. Now, with that being said, I'm not really sure um, when it comes to different skin complexions, how... Uh, if if that effect will still occur. But I know for me, I'm an African-American brown-skinned woman. Um, so my plaques are typically dark brown to purplish. And so when I put on those black stockings, it's like magic. It kind of um, makes the spots fade out. The other tip that I would like to give is wearing lace tops. Um, lace is also really busy. And so again, when you wear lace, it um, kind of fades out the spot so people around you can't really see them. Um, the other tip I would like to give is to wear um, light colors. Um, so if you have scap psoriasis and you scratch your scap and the flakes fall and you're wearing like dark colors, people will be able to see it. But if you wear lighter colors, people won't be able to tell. Another trick that I will also do is to wear a light color shirt with print or a dark color shirt with print. Um, so that way, if the flakes did fall, the busy print um, would be able to kind of conceal those flakes. Another thing too, for shoes, like if I have spots on my feet, I will get strappy shoes or shoes that have like a big block in front um so that way it covers the front surface of my foot but I still look summery so those are some tips those are great tips thank you thank you so you've mentioned in addition to the physical effects psoriasis can cause significant mental and emotional stress how yes. is how has it affected you 
So psoriasis has definitely impacted my emotional and mental health um, significantly. It's affected my self-esteem, my confidence, the way I look at myself. It's um, affected my belief and ability in being able to do something. It's affected how I believe other people perceive me. I remember being in high school, I was a junior, and they have something in my hometown called the Strawberry Festival Queen Pageant. And um, girls, I believe, between the ages of 13 and 17 um, can enter into this pageant. And you have um, a talent, um, a dance, you have to answer a question, you have to model a gown. So it was my junior year, and I had went to the pageant the year before, and I seen the girls perform, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to do that. I don't know why I decided to enter, because I was definitely afraid of people knowing that I had psoriasis, and I would have to wear an evening gown that would be strapless or have my arms out. But I just kind of kept pushing that in the back of my mind, and I'm like, well, I'll just worry about that when I get to that point. So I enter the pageant and I'm practicing with the other girls, you know, two, three times out the week. And then it gets to dress rehearsal. First of all, when I went to go pick out the dress, I had had an, a panic attack. And at that time, I didn't know what it was. My grandmother had took me um, to JCPenney and we're looking for the dresses and I'm trying on the dresses. And I just remember standing in the dressing room, my heart beating fast, my hands sweating, my body feeling overheated, and me getting extremely irritable. Mm -hmm. Now, at that time, it was just um, believed that I was being a teenager with a lot of attitude. But now, at 30, I realized I was having a panic attack. I got so irritated with my grandmother. Um, we ended up getting the dress. I go to dress rehearsal. I put on the dress. I'm standing in the bathroom stall by myself. I put on the dress. Another episode comes. Mm -hmm. I'm having another panic attack. So I try to gather myself, and I go out with the rest of the girls. The whole time I'm standing there, I'm putting my arms behind my back. So I don't want anybody to see these spots on my arms. I could not even concentrate or focus on what was going on in the dress rehearsal. So that night, my aunt came to pick me up from practice. Again, I'm very irritable. But at this time, I'm not able to articulate what's going on with me. We get home. We get into this huge argument. And I call my grandmother and I say, I'm not doing that pageant. You know, I don't want to wear my arms out. Why, does this, why is this happening to me? So she says, you know, Alicia, you're going to do the pageant. We're going to go take you to get some body makeup. So we ended up going to get the body makeup, which helped. It was very messy, but it did give me enough confidence to go ahead to do the pageant. And I ended up winning. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but I think about the reason why that moment is so significant for me, not necessarily because I won, because that's, it, it, that's great, you know, but I just think about, how low I was mentally in that moment mm -hmm. and how I was having a panic attack and how I was suffering from anxiety and no one knew. Yeah. You know, no one knew. 
And so it sounds like, tell me where I'm wrong, but it sounds like the, even the winning doesn't take away, it doesn't magically fix all of the emotional stress that you went through to get that, to that point. No, no, not at all. And I mean, looking back, you know, 16 years later now, I'm like, wow, I think about had I quit, I would not have achieved that goal. But even if I had not won, it still would have been wonderful that I did something that I was afraid to do. Yeah. You know, but I definitely think about all the things that I did miss out on because of the psoriasis that I was afraid to do, Mm. you know, because I had a lot of those moments like that. It just so happened for whatever reason I was able to push through in that moment, but I had a lot of those moments. Mm. So you've, you've written in your articles that you've, you've changed from hiding and feeling insecure to a place where you now feel more confident and self-love. How did you make that change? (laughs) So this is a journey, not a destination. And, um, It's so funny to me because growing up, I had always said, you know, if I could just get rid of this psoriasis, I would just love myself so much more. And I got involved with advocacy on accident. You know, I think at this point it's been eight years. And it really has been a journey. I remember um, the way I got into advocacy was I wrote a blog post on a support group called My Suicide Letter. And the letter was not about a physical death, but I talked about everything that psoriasis had done to me and every opportunity psoriasis had taken away from me or I allowed it to take away from me. And in that letter, I declared that I would kill the parts of myself that wouldn't allow me to live. So the low self-esteem, the shame, the fear of what other people would think. And in the letter, I said that it would be a slow death. That I knew it wouldn't happen overnight, but it would be a slow death. And I mean, I really was just writing from the heart. Mm. But that letter was like a foreshadow. I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. No, don't be sorry. I I read the I read your letter and it it was it's very impactful. It's so you you can you can feel the emotion that it came from and it's, um, yeah, it's very moving. Um, and it honestly is, is a slow death, you know? Some days are great. Other days are difficult. But I keep pushing. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, I have to remember, it's a journey, not a destination. Now, the reference I said about, I, I thought that once I got rid of the psoriasis, I would just love myself so much more. Well, you know, four years ago, I found a treatment that was effective. I was 100% clear. I mean, I could wear whatever I wanted to wear and 
you know, date this person without having to fear, oh, are they going to look at my arm and say something like, it just felt like life was so much easier. But I found that for other reasons, I still was struggling to have self-love. Even with being 100% clear. So that's when I realized that my inability to love myself had absolutely nothing to do with the psoriasis. And so that's why you have to just love yourself right where you are. You know, and I tell people that all the time. I tell my best friend that, you know, um, she's plus size and she's always like, well, I, I, I know I would, I would just feel better if I could just lose weight. And you might feel better, but you have to learn how to love yourself unconditionally right where you are. So that's what this journey has taught me. Like whether I'm 100% clear or 100% covered, like I have to find the ability to love myself and unconditionally and not put these conditions on it if I do this or if I do that so that's definitely um, something that I've learned about self-love and confidence in this journey having confidence and self-love is not about being perfect it's not about having this societal um, ideal of beauty like confidence and loving yourself is doing it under all circumstances. And so that's the journey that I'm on. And every day, you know, it is something that I have to strive to do and work to do and does not just come on its own and finding confidence and self-love for myself. I, I love that you say it's a journey and it's not just a, a single point in time. Yeah. So in addition to plaque psoriasis, you also have psoriatic arthritis and write for psoriaticarthritis.com. Yes. When did you begin to have symptoms of psoriatic arthritis? So honestly, um, I believe I've always kind of had symptoms. Um, I remember in being younger, around 14, 15, and my right knee would often feel pain and feel like fluid was in it and you know never really saw anything of it and then um a couple of years ago my psoriatic disease is very mild right now um but a couple of years ago I was on a biologic and once the biologic stopped working I started to feel um a lot of stiffness and swelling and pain in my right hand um and even sometimes I have issues they're very far in between um in my lower back and again that's another side of psoriatic arthritis now because mine isn't that severe oftentimes the medicine that my dermatologist prescribes kind of works for both diseases but i know that when you have something like psoriatic disease it's about um stopping the progression and not waiting for the pain to arrive or the joints to get worse. So it's about being proactive 
about your treatment. So that's something I definitely need to start doing. You've shared some great examples on psoriaticarthritis.com of what not to say to someone with psoriatic arthritis, including you don't look sick. Some people may think that's a compliment, but how does that comment come across to you? Well, I feel as though when you tell someone, oh, you don't look sick, that one, you could be saying that what they're telling you or the level of the pain that they're expressing is not adequate. So it kind of diminishes that person's pain and that person telling you about their situation, about their pain. Now, a lot of people who get the, well, you don't look sick, are young people who are living with psoriatic disease, who may be full of life one day and then the next day suffer from fatigue or, or joint pain. So it's very offensive. And, you know, I always tell people, instead of saying, you know, well, you don't look sick, you know, saying something like, oh, well, thank you for sharing that, or, you know, wow, you know, I would not have known the struggle that you're going through. Something that is empathetic Mm -hmm. and compassionate, but doesn't diminish that person's story or that person's pain that they're expressing. That's a great point. Why do you think it's important for people with psoriatic disease to have an online community? I feel as though it's important for people with psoriatic disease to have an online community because you're able to connect with people in quickly. We are out of the day where you have to put a ad in the newspaper to find other people like you. I mean, you're literally connected to millions of others living with this condition in a matter of seconds. You can go on Facebook and put in the Rise to Support group and a bunch of support groups pop up. You can go online um, and check out uh, Talk Psoriasis, which has um, thousands of people living with psoriasis who are on there daily. You can go to the NPF and they have online resources. And it's so important to utilize these online support groups because again, When you don't feel alone, it empowers you. When people are living with this condition and they feel alone, they feel as though no one immediately around them can relate. So they isolate. So they avoid doing activities that they love. They avoid being social. And it's because they feel alone. But once you get into these online support groups and you realize you are not the only one fighting this disease, it really gives you power. It gives you courage. It gives you the self-esteem that you need to have a good quality of life. At least that is what the support groups have done for me. And so um, that's how I started, you know, in support groups and, and speaking to other people with my disease. And once I didn't feel so alone, I became empowered to do more outside of the computer. Well, we are so glad to have you as part of our communities, and you're a wonderful advocate for people living with psoriatic disease. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time today to speak with me and share your story. Thank you for having me. This has been wonderful, and, you know, Health Union does so much um, for the chronic illness community, and I just appreciate you all 
for giving those like myself the opportunity to tell to tell our story our way and you know just reach out and tell our story to the masses so thank you so much thank you To read Alicia's articles and join the conversation, visit plaquepsoriasis.com and psoriatic-arthritis.com. You can find more health communities at health-union.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend and consider leaving a review, as reviews help others find it as well. Thank you for listening to Living With. I'm Emily Downward.